0: You can handle anything. Episode number 296. Can you imagine being able to handle anything? And by that, I mean actually being able to deal with the difficult situations in your life without blaming and complaining and without getting mad at yourself for losing control. Hi, this is Shira Gura. And I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, but I also know if you want to have great relationships, you've got to learn how to master your emotions. In this podcast, you will learn how to control your emotional reactions so you can build your relationships rather than sabotage them one moment at a time. Thank you for tuning in, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So inside of my membership community, the Living Deliberately Circle, I allow the members to send me any questions that they may have during the week, and I answer them inside of our private Facebook group. This week, one of the members sent in a question telling me that when she's in an emotionally difficult situation, she can't stop. She wants to get unstuck and go through the steps of the unstuck method, but she can't. So she asked me, Am I stuck on stuck? What should I do? So I ended up answering her question live actually inside of one of our weekly gatherings. And I mentioned to her that I would also be touching on it in the podcast this week. So the first thing I spoke about was the power of language and how language shapes our life experiences. We may not realize how big a role language has on our experiences moment to moment, but it really does. I'm going to give you an example right now. See if you can hear the difference between these two sentences. I can't stop and I don't want to stop. Can you hear the difference in the two meanings? It's like day and night, right? One is definite, I can't stop, and the other is more emotional, I don't want to stop. And so the first thing I want to say is that my belief is that we always can take a stop. No matter what the situation is, we always have the ability to pause when we get triggered. Now, I'm not saying we always will stop every single time, but I am saying that we absolutely can. In other words, I don't see the words, I can't stop as fact. I see it as a story or as an excuse to keep practicing. And I don't mean that in a mean or a condescending way. I mean it in a very honest way. If you tell yourself a story that you can't stop, that when someone pushes your buttons, you can't take a breath, you can't walk out of the room to take space, you can't even go to the bathroom for a few moments. If you say that you can't do that, well, guess what? You won't be able to do that. And that's because what you say about yourself becomes a reality. Your language shapes your experiences. So yes, while it may be hard to take a stop or it may be hard to implement in your life because your brain isn't quite familiar with taking stops yet, I get that. But to say that you can't, that just really feels very finite and very inflexible to me. The second thing that I mentioned is the importance of practicing to build up your moment muscle, especially when you're not stuck. One of the things I teach inside of my programs Is the importance of practicing to stop, like to get into a habit of practicing moments of stillness throughout the day, because it's this practice that will teach your brain to become more familiar and less uncomfortable with doing nothing. And when I say doing nothing, I mean, okay, let's say that you're sitting in stillness for a few moments and you're noticing a thought come and go, but you're not grasping onto those thoughts. You're not chasing them. In fact, you're just noticing them and you're not doing anything. This is mindfulness. And the truth is I teach a different form of this inside of my programs because I find it so much more practical to actually identify and work with the emotions that you're feeling in any given moment because you can always notice what you're feeling, but you can't always notice what you're thinking. And so literally this is what I do every single morning after I get out of bed. I take a stop. I put the alarm on my phone, depending on how much time I have. I might stop for 18 minutes or 10 minutes, or sometimes even just one minute. But what's certain is that I don't start my day without a stop. And I'll tell you what happens when I do. I notice the emotions that I'm feeling. And much of the time, do you know what I'm feeling? Anxiety. I'm not even sure I would necessarily consider myself an anxious person, but I can say to you that that is probably the most prominent emotion I feel when I first wake up in the morning. And so what I do is this special stillness practice that I teach about in my programs, and what it does is it develops your moment muscle. And by that, I mean it helps you get used to feeling something uncomfortable, like anxiety, or frustration, or anger, or any other difficult emotion, And it helps you get to the other side of it without acting on it, without judging it, and without resisting it. Now, this practice is simple, but it's not easy. In fact, it can be hard. And that's because your lower brain, your primitive brain, is very strong. It's much stronger than your upper brain, which is the part of the brain that you use to make deliberate decisions. But the more you practice, the more likely you're going to be able to take the stop when you need it because your brain is going to be so much more familiar with taking the stops. And the third thing I mentioned is that we need to practice having compassion for ourselves because at the end of the day, we're not robots, we're humans. And while we can make incredible strides with controlling our reactions, we're not going to be perfect 100% of the time, nor are we meant to. And so if you miss the stop, you can always go back to that moment and do what's necessary and what's possible to repair whatever happened. And I have a great story specifically about that coming up in a few episodes. It's regarding one of my kids and me getting a call from one of their teachers about them not turning in a big assignment. So stay tuned for that story. But for now, I'd like to share with you a story that happened just a few nights ago and the role that the stop played in it. Okay, so there was a community event here on my kibbutz. It was actually a ping pong tournament. Long story short, one of my kids won for his age category, and he was so happy and so proud of himself, which, you know, he should be. I don't think he even realized winning would come with the prize, but it did. And it was the best prize ever. You ready? A free pizza. <laughs> Seriously, it was so perfect for my son. So two nights later, he used his pizza coupon and ordered a pizza to come to the house. I was actually working at this time, so I wasn't there. But this is what I understood happened. My son decided that because he won the pizza, the whole pizza would be his. And I guess that's a logical conclusion. And I get how a kid maybe wouldn't want to share with his siblings. But what happened was he invited two friends over that same night to watch a movie, and apparently my son ate the pizza right in front of his friends without offering them any slices. Now, before your mouth drops to the floor and is like, Shira, how the heck did you raise a kid like that? I do want to let you know that there definitely was a conversation ahead of time trying to figure this out. Because here's the deal on our kibbutz, Thursday night is pizza night. And so what my kids do is that they usually go to the person's home who has this little pizza cafe and they split a pizza. But in this case, my son didn't know what to do because he wanted to eat with them, but he didn't wanna give his pizza away. Anyway, the point is, is that he did think about it. It's not that he was trying to be rude. But what happened was I walked into the house and I saw one of my other kids, we'll call them kid number two, shaming kid number one. The friends were actually in another room at this point watching the movie, but kid number one was in the kitchen for whatever reason and getting shamed. And he was crying and burying his face in his hands. And kid number two just kept going on and on and on about how wrong he was. Now, what do you think I wanted to do in that moment? What would have been the natural reaction? What would you have done if you had walked into your house and you saw one of your kids shaming another kid? Well, at least for me, my natural reaction would have been to stop kid number two from shaming kid number one, right? I mean, that would have been the natural mother instinct thing to do. But guess what I did? I stopped. I literally intentionally and deliberately took a stop. And I just watched it all kind of unfold. It was so uncomfortable, believe me, it was really, really uncomfortable because my motherly instincts were telling me to protect my young. But I also knew it wasn't a life or death situation. It was just another everyday emotionally challenging situation in the house. And it didn't need me to come in and solve it right away. In fact, the truth is, it wasn't even my business. I just walked in, no one asked for my advice, no one asked me to take part in stopping any part of this conversation or fight or whatever you call that thing. And I just want to tell you, it felt great. It felt so empowering. I felt so powerful doing nothing. And that may sound really strange to you, but it's the truth. It was like, oh, I don't actually have to do anything in this moment. And that was incredibly freeing. Now, was that the end of the story? No, the end of the story was that I got myself unstuck using the unstuck method because while I walked into the house happy and fine, I found myself getting stuck on upset and disappointment and frustration, but because I took a stop and then I got myself unstuck, I was able to walk myself through the rest of the unstuck method step-by-step step to calmly bring the situation down and to an end. It was really an ugly situation, although of course it could have been so much worse, and. I was upset that one of my kids was playing mother when it wasn't that kid's role, nor was it helping at all. And not only that, when I was coming in to help, kid number two wouldn't stop. And I get that. It's like the question that I got in my community, right? I just couldn't stop. Well, kid number two, quote unquote, couldn't stop. And that's a whole nother story in and of itself. And if you'd like to hear how to get your kid to stop when they can't stop, or how to come back to a situation where they couldn't stop, definitely let me know, and I'll add that story to the list of stories that I have to share with you. But for now, let's just focus on the first part of the story. I was able to take a stop because I have a lot of practice stopping, like years of practice. And I didn't start this when I was a kid. I started this later in life. So don't let that be an excuse for you. You can start this at any time. So for now, I'd like you to imagine a recent situation where you got triggered and then you reacted automatically. Maybe you lost control. Maybe you cried or screamed or blamed someone or complained. See if you can go back in time and remember such a situation. And then see if you can imagine yourself taking a stop. Just try to imagine it and notice what that feels like. Does it feel uncomfortable? What would you be doing in that stop? How do you think the other person would feel when you take that stop? Just plant the seed for now, because the more you practice envisioning yourself taking that stop and then actually doing it, the more likely it will become a reality in your life when you actually need to take a stop. And trust me, the more stops you take, the more likely you're going to build your relationships instead of sabotage them. And that is what we're here to do. Okay, my dear friends, we are in the last week of 2022. It's hard to believe. I have so many great things coming your way in 2023, starting with an amazing three-day challenge taking place in January. So stay tuned for the details so you can take advantage of the opportunity I give you on how to recapture your relationships. Trust me, you will not want to miss this. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi. You're one of my podcast listeners, and you wanted to talk to me about being able to handle something in your life. Well, as you know, this is a podcast, and so it's kind of like a one-way conversation, but it doesn't have to be like that. I want to share with you the experience you get when you enroll in my program, The Unstuck Method. This is the only online program for sensitive women that teaches you how to master your emotions, control your reactions, and transform your relationships one moment at a time. And because it's so important to me that you get exactly what you need, that I've created three personal live opportunities for us to meet. So you can ask me anything, clear something up that may be confusing, clarify an emotion you may be experiencing, or offer you help with a story you may be stuck in you can sign up right away by heading over to my website, shiragora.com, and clicking on the program. Or you can click on the link in the show notes to get started. Either way, I can't wait to start helping you build your relationships one moment at a time. I'll see you on the inside.